It's football time, and we scored a dime. Football's on, so let's smoke a bomb. TGIF. On this week's episode of Thank God It's Fantasy, we proudly present the Music Festival Survival Guide episode, starring Squirrely Dan's older brother as the Grand Inquisitor. Drinks with Ron, as guy who intentionally makes drinks stupid loud. And our special guest, multiple-time music festival attendee, Kels! With a Z. We now join Dan and Ron in the waiting room. Uh, without the camera, we need to know what's going on there, sir. That is uh, going to be a mojito. Oh, nice. I've been tearing through the, I've been making the lemonades and the mojitos lately. Yeah, I've got yeah. the mint growing out back. Excellent. Yeah. We had another weekend of uh, misery out here so that my garden didn't get planted again. So now I'm, oh. I, have, I have plants in my garage under a grow light blooming oh, no. with fruit coming on. They're still in their po- original pots from the, from the, uh, oh, that's rough. Yeah. Oh, my garden's going ape shit already. Good for you. Show off. <laughs> Things are good there. Very good. We uh we do like the good the good raised bed garden. I'm too lazy and old to bend over, so it's it's like five feet high. It's perfect. Yeah. The city site where they compost and mulch everybody's stuff and then you can go back and reclaim that dirt. So uh-huh. I've been doing just that. Wise choice. Look, it's our new friend, Kells, Ron. Hey. I know, this is awkward, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me I barely know this asshole over here, so now we're throwing a new person in the mix. Yeah, yeah Ron and I have been, we've, uh, been, we've now got, what, uh, this is like episode 14 of this little shenanigans, so right. we're all still strangers here, so, okay. you know. But, um, yeah, I'm Troy, that's Ron. So I will, I will start the evening by offering a, a toast to our guest, Kells. Congratulations, thank you for joining us. Thank um, you for me. And uh, w- may you enjoy your time here with us. Yes. You're here. Cheers. Question one, the most important question of the night, is it Kels or Kels? <laughs> it's Kels, but I like the Z better than the S, so we go with Kels. <laughs> well, here you're Kels. It's a little yes. more hip. A little more hip. It's a little more hip and more Twitterish, I guess. Yeah, that's how the, that's how the kids like it. Excellent, yeah. Kels. Well, <laughs> damn kids perfect. these days. So you're fresh off a of, fresh off another festival. Yes, in Atlanta, uh, Chandler Park Fest. Mm-hmm. So is it a big one or a relatively small size, given <coughs> like the hundred thousand person mark? It is the smallest festival I've ever been to. So there was only one stage. Hmm. So normally with festivals, there's about three, sometimes five stages if you're at a big fest like Bonnaroo or something. But this one was only one, so there was no going back and forth. So you're able to see all the shows, the whole show, that kind of thing, without having to get up every 30 minutes and walk to a different stage. So that was nice. That was actually going to be my question is what what size events do you normally go to? So that's about average for you is the the larger multiple stage, multiple day type events? Or yes, what do you, what do you, <laughs> that's what you say when you're saying right. festival? Right. So I've done Bonnaroo five times. Um, Yeah, I've done uh, Sloss Fest, which is a Birmingham festival here where I live about three times. 
And then what else? I've done Midtown Music Festival three times. And then Candler Park was my first time there. And that was, like I said, the smallest festival I've been to. Hmm. Excellent. Wow. Well, on the big festivals, Kells, um, <laughs> what do you count as, as seeing a band? Because I've got my own rules at big festivals because I like to try and check off how many bands I see. So yeah. what's your rule of thumb for saying I saw them perform uh, when you're at a big festival? Like 10 minutes. <laughs> I count 10 minutes and above because that's at least you can get, well, I guess it depends on the band, but normal bands that aren't jam bands, that's at least 10 minutes is at least like two to three songs. So I feel like that's enough to, for me to really be like, well, I saw them. So that's what I usually gauge it by. Wow. See, if I'm walking past the stage on my way to another stage, I count that shit. Like that ah, Reverend, that Reverend Horton Heat, check them off. Yes. I've done that too. Well, our friend Ron is relatively old. He doesn't have a lot of years left, so he has to you know, make up with what he can as best he can. Uh, my rule of thumb is one song, uh, one complete song, start to finish, uh, counts as listening to them. So uh, That's one year when I went to Austin City Limits Music Festival, I got 135 out of 162 bands. Jesus. That's, that's impressive. Wow. I was, I was ruined for weeks afterwards, but it was a good time for sure. That's impressive. Well, that's where I was actually going to go next to just play right off of that. You talk about being ruined for days after a festival. As someone that goes to a lot of these, what can you recommend in the way of things to do to prevent uh, being wrecked for a week after a, a good fest? There's nothing really you can do. <laughs> You've just got to drink water and sleep when you can. There basically. you go. Yes, you have to, whether you're sleeping in a field or sleeping up against a trash can or <laughs> or wherever you feel like you need to sleep, you have to sleep and just drink water when you can. Otherwise, you're probably not, it's going to take you a long time to recover. That's how I feel. Yeah. Hydrate. Hydrate and, and rest. That's what I'm taking away from this. Uh, all right. I can, I can get with hydration. Indeed. So the, the, the hydration question, you know, um, everybody lets you bring in your empty water bottle, right? And have watering stations. Right. I found that, that for my, uh, since I'm already overpriced by buying the ticket anyway, mm-hmm. I find that buying the canned water when I buy my canned beer at the beer hut keeps me hydrated better because I know it's like two, two cans of water for one can of beer. And I've got Correct. two cans in my hand. And no matter how messed up I get, I still know which one is which. The first time I ever saw the canned water was at Fish last year at Deer Creek, and it's called Liquid Death. So... <laughs> You're sitting there at a fish show and you look down trying to get your water and it says liquid death. And I was like, I don't think this is the best label or name for a water company that supports music festivals, but we'll just have to go with it. (laughs) I actually just got pitched a direct ad from them on Twitter today. And I was like, what in the living hell is this? Because I mean, with the, the, the art on it, it does not look like water. It looks like something that would put the list of chemicals in a Red Bull to shame. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's just a water in a can. I guess, I guess we've arrived here. And I get the point behind the can, but at the same time, like I said, when you're at a big festival and you may or may not have done some party favors, I don't feel the best thing to do is look down and see that scary can, but I understand what they're doing for the environment. That's what so. I thought too. I mean, I've, way too many of those, you know, you turn around, your buddy sees the can and the next thing you know, you're chasing him off into a cornfield going, come back, Kyle. <laughs> Cornfield, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's Deer Creek for sure, cornfields. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so what's something cool about Birmingham besides its history and its uh, 
jazz music scene. What else is there in Birmingham that, that slays that we all need to come and visit? Um, well, if you're a craft beer connoisseur like I am, Ooh. Birmingham is well known for their craft beer breweries here. Um, I know when Nashville started all their scene a couple of years ago, Birmingham, I think, was probably the next closest one to kind of jump on that train. I think we have six breweries now. Wow. Um, yeah, and they're still building more. <laughs> and the majority of our breweries can turn into music venues as well. So that's really cool, mm. I think. <laughs> Are these more regional or do they really uh, get out of that area as far as distribution? Well, we have Monday Night Brewing here who is Atlanta. They started in Atlanta, but then they've expanded to Birmingham. But like all the other breweries that are here are Birmingham based and Birmingham founded. Okay. So yeah, nothing that I'm going to get up here in my neck of the woods. Then. Damn. Mm, yeah. You may. Where are you at? Um, I'm in Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. I've never been there. I don't know. I've seen the good people go as far as. Philadelphia. Okay. So maybe I don't know if they've extended to the West, but you never know. You might see some. That was super fun how you mentioned Wisconsin being in the West, also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm geographically challenged. Well, it's West from you. So I mean, yeah, West ish so counts for sure. Like well, up north, that's a relative term. Midwest? Midwest, yeah. Midwest, okay. Yeah. I only know about their football team now. That's about all I know. <laughs> so that's about it for Wisconsin for me. Yeah, you're not missing much. I don't know. Packers game is on my list. That's definitely been on my list for a long time, for sure. I would go for that. If you ever wander into a gas station on a Friday and they've got cheese curds sitting on the counter, you'll know you crossed into Wisconsin. I've heard that. I've never had cheese curds in my life, so I can look forward to that at least. Yeah, The good the- ones squeak on your teeth. Exactly. On your teeth? Because <laughs> they're still fresh enough. And it, oh, it's, it's amazing. Okay. So is it like a fried, like a mozzarella stick? That's what I think they are, but I guess not. No, it's more of like the orange and, and they've kind of, it's like in that process where it's kind of curdling and stirring them up. So they're in like weird little shapes of chunks. Um, they're still slightly wet in the bag. Let me cheese drippings. It uh, sounds terrible, but it's one of those things. Where, yeah, I've, I've had a buddy from South Dakota who took him out there, and it was like it was like crack out there. Like, hey, when are you coming back with more of that cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try them, though, for sure. I've heard good things about them. It's one of the high points out here, that's for sure. Yeah, I've heard. So what is a regional cuisine that's, that's, that's down in Birmingham that's, uh, that's not, not uh, seafood-related or... <laughs> Grits, but you got me on that. This isn't really a cuisine, but it's a Birmingham-based company. So Milo's Hamburgers. I don't know if I've ever heard of Milo's. They have their sweet tea is sold, I think, in the country, around the country. But definitely Milo's Hamburgers because they have a special sauce that they use for their hamburgers. Are they a smash burger or like a steak burger? Or what's their what's their claim to fame on the burger side? It's definitely a smash burger. And then the stuff that's with it is like their homemade, like Milo's twangy barbecue sauce. So it comes on every burger. Yeah. That kind of thing. You can't get it without the sauce. They won't literally won't sell it to you. I get it with the sauce on the side. <laughs> Wise. Work around. Yes. Remove for I have sure. to have some fries in too. So I have to get it on the side. Yeah. Fair enough. So help me out with my geography before I jump onto our next festival-related question. Like Alabama is nowhere near Georgia, 
So are you like driving to these to, to Atlanta regularly for festivals or are you flying there? What's your, what's your uh, itinerary look like? Well, uh, from Birmingham to Atlanta is only two hours, two and a half. Hmm. Driving? So we drove, we drove. And then when we went to Bonner, it, um, Bonner is in Manchester, Tennessee. That's, so that's only about two hours and four But for like fish and all these other festivals, I usually have to fly. Definitely for fish because they don't really, well, they came down south um, Memorial Day weekend. But other than that, besides Charlotte, they're usually in the northeast because they're from Vermont. So right. that's where they I went to went to graduate school with a guy who grew up uh, in Lake Champlain, Vermont, with with some people who were uh, be, became uh, parts of the fish entourage back when they oh, were nice. uh, first wow. showed up. Yeah, so but here's one here, here's my claim to fame, Kells, on on the podcast where I'm not interrupted by other people. I like to remind everyone that <laughs> we're having a beverage. So we are. It's good. Not everybody's got going to have that video feed. We need to you get some sound in there. <laughs> that's right it's, it's an audio audio <clears throat> medium you know if you listen to the, any radio shows or podcasts you'll know that. that's that's right well you know let's jump right into the meat <clears throat> of the meat of the issue i want to hear kel's festival's observations well i guess of course the big to do is to drink water but other than that the big to do's are make sure you come prepared because if you're stuck at a festival like bonnaroo you can't you can leave but coming back is a bitch so oh. leave to get back in, you may lose your spot. You may lose your row, that kind of thing. So you always need to come overly prepared, even if it's a pain in the ass to get to be prepared. So if you have to buy like all these things, but you may not need them, but if you get to Bonner in a big field with thousands of people you, and you need it, you don't have to leave and go down the street. So that's one of my big thing is to be prepared, drink water, make sure you have significant enough party favors because you cannot trust other people that are there. That's uh, always a sketchy situation. Also, my big thing is to bring blister packs. <laughs> <laughs> I get blisters every single time I go to a festival, and that's no fun. And the first time I went to Bonner, I had to use duct tape because I forgot blister packs. So I don't recommend the duct tape on the blisters at all. So that's why I recommend blister packs. <laughs> Well, there's and a when you talk about first aid kit, then really is what we're talking about here. <clears throat> yes, right. All the yeah. all the essentials. Like, what kind of like how much and what are do they allow you to bring into these places? Most places I go, they're totally hardcore about not even bringing water in. What Bonner? They're really, really not strenuous on what you bring in because they want everybody to, to be safe, quote unquote, and have a good time. Okay, but honestly, that. When I went to Bonner, they didn't have the clear bag policy. So that all changed, you know, with this uh, happening with all the mass shootings and stuff. So now it's a clear bag policy. So that's the only thing they're really strenuous about is clear bags. So when I went to Chandler hmm. Park last weekend, I had a clear bag and literally they just held the bag up and looked and I just walked in. They didn't pat me down or anything, but they did have bomb dogs that sniffed everybody. So that was a little intimidating. I've never seen that at a festival as an explosion dog. So that was a little bit different, but it isn't laying out of that. So I took it as that pretty much. That's the uh, safety component of our, of our Kells week festival observations, how to have a good time. What do we do after we get our party favors in? We start, uh, do we, we, do we scope out spots? Do we uh, yeah. get our first stage? How do we, how do we go about our procedure for the day? 
So first of all, before you walk in, you should probably look at the schedule and mark who you want to see first. And if you want to, if you're type A and OCD like I am, you may want to make a uh, note in your phone or on a piece of paper that says what the schedules are and what the lineup is and that you can just look at it seven times to look at your phone. So um, definitely figure out who you're going to see first. Get through security, of course. Fill up your water container. Go find the stage. Get a spot with your blanket, and then immediately go to the bar. <laughs> Saving spots with blankets—that's a—that's a—that's yeah. a pro move for sure. Heady play. Yeah. yeah, or you know, blanket, chair—you know, just your ass on the ground, whatever you want to do. But once you do that, you have to go to the bar and start day drinking for sure, because you got to get through the heat. Right. <laughs> so you got to cope somehow. Yeah, yes. you've, you've got to get your body metabolizing that alcohol early. Get it, yeah. get it in line. Yeah, for sure. All right, so the festival starts. The music is there. What's your percentage of seated versus standing enjoyment for each each good band? We won't we won't give the the uh, the day name people who don't really count that much the uh, the good crews you want to see seated versus okay. versus on your feet. No matter where mm-hmm. you're out in the crowd, what's your percentage? Um, the early shows are usually the smaller shows. You know, they're not well known bands just yet. So those are the ones you can kind of get up close to. So those I like to stand for just because you can get in there close enough to them. Um, but honestly, if it's somebody that I've seen more than probably three times or so, I kind of sit in the back and maybe sit down and just relax and listen because I've already seen them a little bit. But if it's somebody new that I have not seen, then I'm staying up the whole time, no matter what happens. Yeah. Even if my ankles feel like they're falling off, I'm standing up. <laughs> Don't so fall. you see a lot of a lot of repeat bands. Who would you say you've seen the most? Probably my morning jacket. How, how many times do you think you saw them? Uh, I think I'm at ten times now. Damn. Yeah, ten times. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Ron? Who have you seen the most? Ah, wow. Might be Willie Nelson, honestly. Never <laughs> seen him. I, I want. I think I saw him four times actually. His son's coming to Birmingham. I do want to try to see Lucas Nelson, so I might try to see what he's about. Yeah, he sounded pretty good. Does a good job, right? Mm, I think he's really good. Yeah. Well, very good. I saw poor Willie in Las Vegas about two right before COVID hit, 2019. Okay. And they practically rolled him out on stage. Yeah. And he sounded like he did in 1964. Right. Wow. Exact same, just same voice, same thing. Um, same guitar. Were, were kind of too arthritic to really play much, but then he got warmed up and got into it. So by yeah. at the end of the hour, he was really, really kind of jamming again with the whole whole Nelson family. So it was a good time. I'd recommend. Before he before he goes to the the big pot house in the sky, he needs to he needs to be uh, uh, seen by everyone. He comes to Tuscaloosa, so maybe I can catch him in Tuscaloosa. Those eastern states are so small. I have no idea what your travel times are. I can't believe we can get to Birmingham. We get to Atlanta from two hours from where you're at. That's that's crazy to me. Straight highways, just straight shots, or what's the what's that situation yeah. like? Yeah, we're two and a half from Atlanta, three from Nashville, four from Memphis, four and a half from New Orleans, oh, nice. five. And then, you know, the beach is about four and a half, five. So Birmingham is a good central location for any shows that are in the bigger Southern cities. I think. How do retirees do there? I know someone in, in about 10 years is looking for a retirement place. Uh, they got old people there. <laughs> yeah. Especially at the beach. Cause you know, everybody, the older folks retire to the beach. So we have a lot of older people in Fairhope, Mobile, those kind of areas. We got your first aid kit. We got your, your first band. We got your dancing party. Now it's like into the good stuff. The even the sun is set. The good bands are coming in. The crowd's getting thick. 
What's your, what's your pro tips for that? You just kind of have a, your mental attitude helps. So if you're in a good mental space and you just take it in, as I'm seeing a band and there's not 55 damn thousand people around me and it's not overwhelming, then you can usually hit it well. But if you start getting into your head and realize that there's like 50,000 damn people around me, then that's when you kind of make out a little bit, but you just have to, and it depends who you go with, you have to go with a good group of friends. So I feel like if you have a good crew with you, then that makes it better as well. What's your crew size? Is it uh, oh, six, yeah, good eight, one. 10, 12, 15? I think my first bonnery, we only took one, two, three, four people. Yeah. Cause the bigger the crew, the more bullshit you have to put up with. <laughs> yeah. The more people the you have more- to keep track of. Yeah. And the more opinions you have and the more it's just, you know, that kind of stuff. So I try to keep it kind of small when I do bigger. Things. Yeah. That's a, I've, I've done it with four and this year I'm doing Austin with eight. And I'm, I'm kind of anxious about the eight because I can just go my own way and they can text me whenever they want to get together to <laughs> leave or whatever. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, that's, that's one of the questions I want to ask. How, uh, in my experience, the bigger festivals have always had a problem with uh, bandwidth and communication. Are they getting better in the past since, since COVID post COVID? Bonnaroo. I haven't been since 2015 and they've completely redone Bonnaroo since I've been. But when I was at Bonnaroo, my phone literally was just a camera. You had no service. You would probably just turn it off, um, which was nice in the hindsight. But um, at Chandler Park this past weekend, I had zero service. I don't know if that was because T-Mobile shitty or <laughs> if we <laughs> didn't have service. So that's when it can get iffy. You don't want to get too, I would say, messed up and then you don't have service or you can't find anybody. But um, otherwise, I've had good, um, like, shaking knees I did. I had perfect service in april in atlanta so i think it just depends on the area and probably what phone company you have so well in, in my neck of the woods if you have t-mobile just turn your phone off at the state line because it's not going to work in the whole damn state of Atlanta. <laughs> very good well okay we've got ourselves through the through the first part of the day the middle part of the day the late part how do you position yourself with a headline act that's somebody you really want to see say it's your first time of a band you've been jamming to see for three or four or five years whatever ten years what do you do? Do you, do you elbow down? Do you, do you shimmy through? Do you pull your blanket? What's your, what's your MO? Usually what I do is I skip some other shows that I really want to see and then get to the main show I want to see closest as possible as soon as possible. So like you can lay out like a blanket and mark your spot for you and a few other people. Some people don't like that, but at the same time, I feel you can just get over it. So, um, so that's usually what I do. I'll skip a couple of good things. And then um, like for Shaky Knees, I wanted to see King Gizzard and Elizabeth. Gizzard. I haven't, I've been wanting to see them for a long time. So we got there. We saw a previous show, which was awful. Just to get spot for King Gizzard. So that's kind of what you have to make sacrifices. Some bad band has to make, take one for the team. I understand how that works. Yes. My favorite part of the questions that we talked about was uh, you've seen a lot of festivals, Ron's seen a lot of music. I've seen a lot of music. Let's go through like craziest stuff you've ever seen at all the <laughs> concerts ever. But, uh, but, and, and once Ron's okay. ice gets into his glass and his drink gets made, we can proceed right. without getting cut off. Thanks, Ron. Sounds like oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spill it on my balls. It's not good. All right. You do have a mute button, you know. <laughs> but then we wouldn't get this great audio of me shaking a glass. It is an audio medium. That's right. Correct. That's, yeah. It's fantastic. Okay. 
Vegas. Maybe I should just wait till you tell us you're done. No, I'm good. I'm just fucking. <laughs> <Okay. done. laughs> at this okay, point, yeah. so the <laughs> thing I've ever seen at a festival was probably people having sex on a bench in the middle of the festival. Damn. Um, Near the stage or just at, on a random bench? On a random bench, like a picnic bench or a picnic table. And that was, I think, like three or four in the morning. I just don't think they remembered where they were. But at the same time, I was like, if they get splinters in any of those areas, it's going to fucking suck because I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wooden table. That is an important piece yes. of that story. Oh, like, somebody's going to get somebody's going to wake up and not realize what the hell they've done and find all these splinters everywhere. They don't want it. So that's the, probably the craziest thing I've ever seen. People do whatever. That was at Bonnaroo. So that seems um, appropriate for Bonnaroo the way the way it uh, it sounds like for sure. Yeah, like everybody just walked by like it was just like a normal thing, like a commune kind of thing. So you know, you just kind of turn the other head to some the, some of those things. Um, of course, you see crazy things as like people doing hardcore drugs, people passing out. But I think the sexual thing is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I think I'm just so into myself and into what I want to do that I don't really pay attention to others unless they really like need help or something like that. Which here's a great segue question. We'll go, we'll go back to our observations later. But have you ever done the silent disco at a music festival? No, I haven't. But I've walked by and it's a blast to watch the people do it. But <laughs> it's so funny to watch them do it. All right, Absolutely. fill me in on this. I'm out of the loop here. So the the silent disco is is there are. Um, multiple DJs playing, you know, three, five, eight different different uh, lines at the same time, and you just go grab a set of headphones with the music you think you like and put them on and jam to the music. Yes. And Sweet. so you got one, you got one kid doing the doing the fish stuff. <laughs> you got another kid trying to break dance to Run DMC. Yeah. You got somebody listening to you know Pavarotti and doing the doing the singing their heart out with Mariah Carey sort of stuff and. Uh, when you're there, it's so much fun, but it's even more fun to watch it because these people are completely oblivious because you're, you yeah. know, you're into your into yourself, as Kel right. said. And so it's kind of cool. That yeah. sounds amazing. It's a great fundraiser, too. You can like do a just get a tent and get uh, some Bluetooths and some headphones and, and run them out there and do do silent silent disco for for uh, ten dollars an hour or ten dollars or ten dollars every ten minutes or whatever. So, yeah, it's really cool. It's fun to watch everybody because like. You just kind of wonder what they're listening to. And you, so me, and my, me and my friends usually guess by their dance moves. I'm like, oh, they're probably listening to Michael Jackson or maybe they're listening to Iron Maiden because you just don't know what they're listening to. So it's fun to like make up scenarios in your head about what they're listening to. It's, it's great for storytellers. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a lot of fun to do, Ron. And, and uh, you should definitely definitely enjoy because you get to project your ideas onto other people and you get to have have a good time yourself. But the, the last thing I'll say about Silent Disco was uh, for my job, I was out a couple of weeks ago with someone who was uh, fancied themselves a music aficionado mm. from the small town of Seattle. And this person <laughs> was uh, ragging on some of their coworkers and how their coworkers aren't good people. And, and they said to me, it's just like when bad people can't dance. They should just go sit down in the corner. Wow. <laughs> and... I immediately stopped listening to what this person was saying and what, turned the car was. around and went home because I'm like, well, I, I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> I feel all the music and I'm going to dance and you can list, you can go sit in the corner. Crazy person. Yeah. Bullshit. Succinct, Ron. I appreciate that about you. Yeah. You might be having a bad time. That's how I feel about it. But Yeah. 
if you're having a bad time, you're not trying hard enough as far as I'm concerned. Very true. Yep. Okay. So we got, we got the uh, adult acts on the picnic table. We got the silent disco. What else you got there, Kels? It's been kind of cool things to see. Um, it's cool to see people get their chase songs at shows. Um, songs they've been looking for for years from specific different bands because they just freak out. And I think that's just so cool because I've been there. I've gotten a few chase songs that I've won, especially see a dead and company. So, so that's to me always a beautiful thing. And that's one of the reasons I go is to see myself with happiness and to see everybody else with happiness. So I think that's a cool part. What were some of those songs you were after? Um, Morning Dew, Terrapin Station, Alabama Getaway, Tennessee Jed. I have so oh, many. <laughs> so many. But Morning Dew is was my main one. And I got that in Atlanta in 2018, 19, like a year or two before COVID hit. Yeah. Have you so, seen Stu Gotts or, or George R.R. R. Martin at any Dead Company <laughs> shows? No, but I, I found out that he is, well, I knew Stu was, but I found out that George R. R. Martin was a deadhead, I think. Like a couple months ago, I didn't know that. Supposedly. Well, instead of instead of finishing all those books he started, they got all these kids hooked yeah. on on the, yeah. the genre. He's uh-huh. out there to Dead and Company festivals, yeah. travels the world on his riches. So yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah, cash it in, mail it in. If I had riches, I would do the same thing. Yeah, no yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. all right, that's enough of this writing crap. Let's go spend this now. I'm hoping to be uh, Larry Bird at a Dead and Co. Um, show. Oh, so. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Massive deadhead. Really? Did not yeah. know that. Or his wife is a deadhead and he just goes along. <laughs> well, he was with you know, he was around Walton, right? Fair, fair enough. Yeah, Bill fair. Walton was definitely contemporaries. Fair. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I just want to mention one funny, funny thing I saw in Ron. Throw something out there if you want to, but um the craziest thing I've ever seen at a at a uh concert, it wasn't a music festival was one of those uh, amphitheater festivals where it's kind of reserved seating down by the band and then open, you know, open seating and blankets up on the top. And uh, for whatever reason, the band refused to let them sell uh, tickets, uh, assigned seats. So they were all general admission. So they oh, blocked wow. off the pavilion until the band came out. And then what? Natalie Merchant, the lead singer, um, just said, hey, everyone, y'all come down and have a, have a seat. And so the crowd immediately pours down into the, into the deal it was her, it was uh, her first solo concert after after Ten Thousand Maniacs. Yeah, but, uh, the people I'm with, we get like you know second or third row seats, no big deal, and uh, it's nice and fun. And uh, this these two gals are like, hey, we've got to run to the restrooms. Can can someone save our seats? And all these people are like, no, no, you leave, you lose your seat. So there was a gal in overalls who who dropped her overalls and her drawers and peed on her seat so no one would take it. That's that is, hilarious. That is the single most amazing moment I've ever seen at a, at a festival in in in, uh, in more than six years of going to festivals. That is wow. dedicated. Wow, that's a boss ass move right there. And that's- the seat was available when she came back. <laughs> I bet. As okay. as you would expect, as you would hope, anyway. So go ahead and top <laughs> that, Ron. I dare you. Uh, I I actually don't think I can. I haven't even seen too many crazy things myself at these festivals, but uh, we've got one up north, Rock Fest, that comes through every year. They get the old headlining acts from like the 80s and the early 90s. They had 
a semi trailer one year that was just lined with beer bongs and there was one giant lever. So the dude would, you'd get the beers. There was lineup. There's like 12 of them and you would fill up the beers. And then the guy would yell, go. And he pulled this wooden lever and they'd all launch my brother's buddy. <laughs> no, put my Jack and Coke in there. So he puts the Jack and Coke in the beer bong. They pull the lever and he spit that shit right back up all over the place. Raining Jack and Coke on everybody. Wow. Like uh, coming out his nose. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> Amateur geez. hour. That is not a great, great look at a festival. That's the floor <laughs> concert for that matter. Put that my whiskey drink in the beer bong. <laughs> Said no intelligent man ever. Yeah, that's a that's a one a whiskey, good whiskey, and two a, a uh, not understanding physics and or and or <laughs> proofing alcohol. Mm-hmm. No, well, this guy's not uh, going to be a scientist anytime soon. <laughs> well, you know what? Scientists are overrated. I know a few, <laughs> frankly. Man. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Your drink was anticlimactic compared to my uh, loud kajangling. And also, we continued the podcast without having to stop. For my drink. <laughs> that's, that's some fucking pomp. That's... <laughs> Kells, let's move on to the best, the best acts you've seen, not including Fish or Dead and Company. Um, throughout your days, from, from a, a little, a, a ye one at the knee of whoever took you to festivals and concerts to today, give me a few of the best, uh, whether it was the atmosphere the act the music they did whatever else throw it out there for us so the eagles before glenn fry died that is of um, music career seeing the eagles in birmingham even though i'm probably gonna get some shit for this even though i don't appreciate Eagles that much seeing paul mccartney for a little bit for the little bit and was a highlight for me too of course, my morning jacket. Uh, I just saw the Disco Biscuits at uh, Canlar Park this past weekend, and they blew my mind. They're really, really, really good. Um, probably the best show I've seen all year. I would say that Disco Biscuits gave me. Florence and the Machine, to support the women out there. So Florence and the Machine has been a top show for me as well. So I would say her too. Well, next time we have our friend Yeti Blanc on, He's a big Beatles fan, and I'd like mm-hmm. you to come back on and help me defend ourselves against the Beatles because, <laughs> frankly, the Beatles are not all that. And, and uh, once Jeremy Taché and, and Yeti Blanc will listen to our podcast, they'll be all about coming back on here and, and taking us down. So be ready for that smoke. I'm ready yeah. for that. You shall some- not pass. <laughs> okay. hey, so for both of you, what about uh, first shows? This is the first uh, show you, you remember going to. Hootie, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish at the beach. Who opened? I don't remember if they had an opener. I was super young, but I remember my mom taking me. So, mm-hmm. yep. And, oh, and even though he's not the best person, Eric Clapton was a big first show for me when I was little, too. My mom loved Eric Clapton. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I had no such uh, such like I grew up in a bluegrass household. So we can have a bluegrass oh. episode, Ron, uh, oh. at a later date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the first festival I ever paid for with my own shekels <laughs> was uh, 16 years old, Joe Satriani and Steve Miller Band. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Wow. That's a good one. Did you guys have music back in the day when you went to your first concert, Ron? <laughs> it's funny that you <laughs> mentioned that. Uh, actually, my first show, I'm not even a year old, so I don't remember it, but I've seen the pictures, was actually a bluegrass festival. But the first show that I went to that I'm cognizant of was, again, Willie Nelson. 
Yeah, he said, yeah, I was like uh, four or five when I saw him the first time. Yeah. I, I saw like, Alison Krauss when she was 12. <laughs> wow. She's amazing. Yeah, I've seen her too with Old Crow Medicine Show. Yeah. A favorite of mine until until the 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 uh the uh old Crow Medicine Show album crew, not the current incarnation of that outfit there. That uh that dude that that Kretsch guy must be really hard to deal with because they burn through musicians like nobody's business. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, they were they were amazing when back when it was again back in the day of the middle two thousands, whatever. But uh there's a couple albums there that I listen to regularly and uh we've seen them we watched them do the uh the blonde on blonde um, <laughs> cover of of, uh, of Dylan's albums. Wow! We saw them in, in Salt Lake City. They played it. They played it in order: song one to the encore. Wow! Then the uh, the encore for their show was you know Wagon Wheel and and CC Rider and a few of their their big hits. Um, but pardon me while I hijack the show again. Um, I saw <laughs> Old Crow Medicine show in Cleveland, Ohio, about 2018 or 19, right before COVID. And uh, it was inside. I was by myself. And uh, I get a nice front row seat in the top deck of this little venue, standing room only. And uh, I'm the only person that knows all the songs on this deck. So I'm the jerk that everybody hates. I'm out there belting it out, singing all the songs, dancing around, spinning, woohooing it up. Finally, some guys are so sick of me. They pull me aside, take me to the bar and buy me a bunch of drinks. So I won't be there. Wow. So I bought, I took their drinks back pounded them and went back to my spot and kept on singing <laughs> hell yes god man I, I think we need to hang out <laughs> it's you know it's, it's only it's only 15 hours from wisconsin <laughs> uh, is there any is there any act that surprised you kells over your over your career of seeing things that like um i'm thinking in terms of uh old famous people that uh that uh, blew your doors off when you saw them in their in their latter years, Elton John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I've all, I mean I've always loved Elton John, but seeing him at a music festival, I didn't know how he was going to sound and if he would sound the same and all this kind of stuff. But he sounded the exact same as he does on every of his albums. He's absolutely amazing live for sure. And then of course the Eagles sounded um, very very good. And then you know Joe Walsh just like killed it, kicked ass oh. with it. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's an interesting question because I was going to throw that out there for us later on, but we'll, we'll jump to it now. Um, I hate the acts that are so good, they sound like their albums. For example, <laughs> Nathaniel wow. Rateliff and the Broken Bone, and Nathaniel Rateliff um, uh, and the Night Sweats, uh, Chris mm-hmm. Stapleton, Elton oh. John, um, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Like, they all sound so good. They're such tight bands. They sound mm-hmm. like their albums, and yeah. I hate it because I want, I want the... I want some personality. I want some want some persona. I want some things to be out there. A little so. extra woo in a in a oh, verse. They're out there. Paul Janeway is pretty out there when he plays, but I'm being biased because they're from Alabama. But um, they're he's pretty he's different every time they play. You don't feel like that? Yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't throw him in that same group. He 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 does emote. I've watched him in the the exploding coffin a couple times and a, and a few other things. Um, so maybe I'll take them out of that mix, but definitely Rateliff and, and uh, Stapleton and, and um, the Elton Johns. And, and uh, for me, it was also, it was also uh, Pink Floyd. It was also not very good, but again, showing my age. So we'll, we won't, Ooh. we won't have to go down that path. I'm actually going to a Pink Floyd uh, laser show um, in a couple Fridays and I'm excited about that. So, you know, if, if you're only three hours from Nashville, 
check out Roger Waters in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. I do want to see Roger Waters very, very, very bad. Freddie's wonderful. Well, I know, I know a couple guys that are going. Okay. So we will find some scalp tickets for somebody. You never know. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it's, uh, it's August 28th, I think it is. And it's my, okay. It's my 24th anniversary, 23rd anniversary, something like that. And I won't be, I won't be home in Idaho. I'll be in Nashville at a concert. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> Surprising that probably is going to be shocking with Slipknot. They, I saw them um, a couple months ago, and they blew me away. <laughs> they like are skills really or just performance art? Both. Performance art for sure, Like, but their energy the whole time was something I've never seen matched. Anything that I've ever seen, especially from Corey Taylor, so... But they were really, really good. I'll have to admit. I will see them again. Fair enough. How about you, Ron? I'm, I'm going to throw out an unsolicited reference here after you, after you give your unsolicited reference of <laughs> sneaky good, someone you would see or would recommend everyone see. Well, I was going to, yeah, kind of piggyback on that as a group um, that I saw that, that you didn't see coming, that you didn't go to the show for. Um, I went and saw Cypress Hill with uh, the far side back in the day. And they had this unknown band opening for them called 311. And uh, when we got there, the far side was on. We're like, what the hell's going on? They bumped 311 ahead of them. And we're like, oh, this is a, a travesty. Who are these guys? We don't even know who they are. And they went out there and I was like, holy shit. Um, yeah, did not see that coming. Thought it was going to be some throwaway band that was just there to fill time. And uh yeah, I, I was a big fan of them for years after that. Now, I've heard that from other people too. That that back when they were back in the day, they were they put a put a lot of work into their shows and and uh, really had something. Oh yeah, the segment where they had like a giant drum and the whole band was over and they would like walk in a circle around it while they were hammering the drum and they one by one peel off and start like on the turntables and yeah, we we had never even heard of them. We we're calling them a three one one the whole way up to the show. We're like. The fuck are these guys? You know, run into some people. They're like, no, we've been following 311 around the country. We're here for them. We don't give a shit about Cypress Hill. <laughs> you have your pen ready, Kells? You have a pen and paper ready? I'm going to drop some knowledge on you here that's going to make your head hurt. Oh, shit. Go ahead, I'm ready. At least, at least rattle it around. If you ever have the chance to see a certain aging crooner, uh, pay whatever you can afford to go see him. Uh, one Lionel Richie. Puts on really? the most amazing show I've seen. I don't know what 300 shows in my life, 400 shows. I don't know. Hundreds of shows. And Lionel Richie is, is top three all time. Wow. He sings all of his Lionel Richie stuff back when he was Lionel Richie back in the day in the late eighties, early nineties and does all the Commodores hits. No he's way. Got the four or five piece brass band and wow. the driving bass group and uh, absolutely fall off your chair best time you'll have at a show that you know every every word of every song even if you didn't even know the songs so if old lionel's coming to your neighborhood um save up your shekels and, and go because it's uh it's well and beyond worth any any price that's uh reasonable at least as okay. opposed to nine hundred dollars for the rolling stones oh yeah i'm not the biggest stones fan i appreciate them but i wouldn't pay that kind of money oh wait a minute now getting back to our yeti versus jeremy uh <laughs> fight we're gonna have if we have to keep this contrived Rolling Stones or Beatles <laughs> fight going on. Yes, I can do that. Um, Chipper Jones, yes or no? <laughs> yes, Chipper Jones. Of course, he 
I grew up on Chipper Jones. He's the first World Series team that I ever saw, of course, from the Braves. So Chipper Jones, I know he's had his issues with the team and the fans and all that stuff in his personal life, but when people are Braves fans and they say don't they don't like Chipper Jones, I'm like, well then you're just not a real Braves fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. That's, that's completely fair because the uh, the Braves beat uh, my team in the 1995 World Series. Okay. <laughs> I have to be anti-Braves on general principle of, of uh, Ohio always gets jilted perspective. So um, yeah. as, a, as Indians fan, now Guardians, well, no, I'm not really a Guardians fan. Uh, as a former Cleveland Indians fan, I can say that uh, you, you didn't want to like them because they were so good, but you had to like them because they were really a lot of fun. So Yeah, they were same with this previous team, I feel like. Yeah. Very good. So it's yes for Chipper. That's two yeses for Chipper, Ron. Where do you sit on Chipper? I, I grew up a Cubs fan. So after they pilfered Greg Maddox from us, I had the absolute <laughs> shaking fist of hate for that team uh, as we suffered oh, no. season after season of crap. Yeah, uh, yeah luckily, Braves, Braves were rough. Luckily, the Cubs beat my Indians as well for their one <laughs> World Series. So I can appreciate the thread of my life through your all's happiness. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, Thank you for that. <laughs> we all serve in different ways. Cleveland yes. is is here for you in your time of need. Yes. But the one thing I'll say about Cleveland is the downtown is relatively small, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Art Museum and the History Museums are second to very few. So if you ever want a tourist somewhere that's cheap and easy to get to, go to Cleveland and stay downtown, right next to like the ball, the, the the basketball arena or the or the <laughs> baseball park. Amazing, good time. All right, so Kels, do you do you do much other baseball? Or are you just a just an MLB or, or a Braves fan in general? Or I mainly keep up with MLB, but you know Birmingham has well Alabama. One, two, three. They have three minor league teams here. Damn. Friends, uh, the Madison Trash Pandas, and then Ooh. the. Oh, I don't think my bill has a team. I can't remember, but. Um, just growing up in a household that was strictly Braves focused and MLB focused, that's kind of just where my attention has always gone. But I am going to a Braves game, I mean, a Barons game this Thursday. So I will be seeing the Birmingham Barons so, this week. So I'm excited about that. Live baseball is way better than baseball on TV, except you don't Agreed. know what's going on. See, I like baseball on TV. Everybody complains. I think it's great. I just get bored because I get distracted by things when it's when it's uh, the home runs in between strikeouts and, and – uh, the same pitcher with a different name with the same arm comes in. It's like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, this guy's yeah. only throwing ninety six. So yeah, yeah, he's where he's hittable. He's only throwing ninety six. Yeah, he's throwing salad out. up there. Our mm-hmm. our our CFBs out there. The SEC has been making a lot of noise about complaining about name, image, and likeness. Um, mm-hmm. uh, our fellows Nick Saban and and uh, Jimbo got into it a couple times, and I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> absolutely. As an Auburn fan, how's it to feel to always have to play second fiddle or third fiddle all these yahoos uh, since since a while back anyway? It just – I just hate Alabama more and more every year. <laughs> just – I just – I mean, Nick Saban's a great football coach, obviously. Probably – obviously he's better than Bear Bryant now. But there's just something about Alabama football. I don't know if it's because I was born an Auburn fan and didn't have a choice. But, man, Bammers get on my nerves. <laughs> my nerves so much but i guess if you win that many championships you have a right to be that way but god 
when somebody tells me roll tide, they just think from, I'm from Alabama and they say roll tide. And I'm like, hell no, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me at all. <laughs> not a big Alabama fan. I used to be a Clemson fan until I heard Dabo Swinney talk. Now I'm a, now I'm an anti Clemson. Um, but pretty much I'm, I'm watching my college football by process of, el- of elimination of, of who do I hate more on any given day? And it's, it's becoming anybody but the team I'm watching. So I'm not Very, looking for Texas or uh, Oklahoma joining the SEC in 2000. Is it 25 or 24? They're officially joining. I'm not looking forward to that, but we'll see how that goes. Well, Texas is terrible, so you don't have to worry about them. Yeah. I wonder uh, if they're going to um, lose the, their network. I guess they would since they're joining the SEC, but I remember. When I was growing up, Texas with Mac Jones, they were just a powerhouse. You know, all that old money and the booster money. So it is kind of funny to see them join the SEC now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's to to uh, to have that uh, ability to pay pay players it was interesting. I saw, I read an article just last week from the Ohio State head coach talking to people about uh, the name, image, and likeness uh, problems, and he needs thirty one million dollars from the boosters to compete with the other top ten schools in the country for paying their players for, for uh, uh, key positions, quarterback, left tackle, defensive end, uh, that sort of thing. So $31 million uh, kicked back to the, to the uh, students is what it takes to have a top 10 football team going forward in 2022 and, and uh, 2023. So that just makes me wonder what was really happening in the shadows as opposed to now, like what's the difference? Did it double? Is it relatively the same? That's really what I'd like to know. Yeah, you know, I remember kids getting kicked out for getting free tattoos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, yep. and, yeah, uh, so I think that the I think that the maybe maybe basketball had it going on a little stronger and a little little better, but football teams are just so big. I think that it was harder to hide. Um, well, the Badgers had a scandal here with a shoe a shoe store down the road. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, their shoes went bad, so they'd take them back to the store, and the dude would replace them. And they wound up being a violation. And I remember that's just what that store does. Like some (laughs) lady emailed in. She's like, my son was four. He used his shoes as brakes on his big wheel and he'd burn through the tread. She said, I took him into the store and the guy would just laugh. And he said, she said, you give me a new pair of shoes. Like it's not because my four-year-old son was on the basketball team. It's, you know, it's how you keep business in a small town. That's true. Loyalty is important. Right, but well, doesn't matter to the NCAA. I, when I in college, I lived on the soccer floor, and I lived with some really poor soccer players who were just happy to get the mm-hmm. extra meal punch card, let alone <laughs> right, let alone tattoos or shoes or anything else. So, um, I think it was a uh, Ladarian Tomlinson. Did he play for TCU? I can't remember who yeah. he played when he when he was in college. He said that you know they were so poor you know, that he would, even after his meal, you know, tickets and stuff at TCU, he would still be hungry. He didn't have money to go get food and all this kind of stuff. So I've always believed that players should get some kind of something, especially when the universities make billions, especially in the SEC, billion dollars off of their play, off of their name and their likenesses. So I feel like the players should get something, but I feel like at a certain point, it's probably just too much, but that's just how I feel about it. And you look at what the coaches are getting paid, and it's like, well, if they're so important that you have to pay this guy twenty million, then the players are obviously just as important. You gotta, gotta. I'm glad they're finally paying something out. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I just, I love the idea of of uh, of just uh, the D leagues for the NFL is Division One football. 
Yeah. Just, just get mm-hmm. rid of all of the whole pre- pretense of, of playing academics and just say, hey, you know, these, these 15 or 25 schools are, are the D League for the NFL. You guys don't have to take classes, but if you want to, you get a free education. But also, if you want to play football, guys, just play football. And yeah. invariably, you're, you're going to have the middle, the middle ground, the guys that, you know, wash out or whatever else. We'll we'll get those degrees and still, still be scholarship athletes, so to speak, while the, the uh, uh, famous and highly talented Trevor Lawrence's of the world and whatnot just move on and come back and get their degrees later. So you're still building a great alumni program, and, and uh, it seems to work out, but... Uh, I don't know much of anything. Idaho has 1.7 million people. So I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> I round up to my yard just yesterday and my neighbors are probably going to get some dead weeds on their side of the fence. So that's just how it goes. Collateral damage. That's right. Yes. It is. It is for sure. Yeah, I just found out about your uh, AstroTurf play. Oh yeah. Oh man. I, that is, that is some boss level shit right there. I, that had never occurred to me. Yeah, I put down AstroTurf and rocks in my backyard rather than anything to mow or trim or whatever else. I bought AstroTurf for like $1.50 a square foot from Carpet Outlet in Atlanta, Georgia. And they shipped <laughs> it out here for free. And, and I cut awesome. it with a carpet knife and put it down. It's fantastic. That's easy. Easy maintenance. There is no maintenance, I guess. You leaf blow it. That's that. Okay. <laughs> you fluff it up and... Uh, that's about all there is to it. Get the dust off of it once in a while, wet it down, and then then uh, then fluff it up with a leaf blower. So I think of that every time I freaking mow now. Like, damn it! What's uh, how many square feet is this fucking backyard? I'll take your residual your residual payments for my good ideas anytime you want to send them. Up. <laughs> I've never mowed a lawn, but I'm sure it's really bad. So that's a fun fact about me is that I've never mowed a lawn, but I'm sure damn. it's. Up. Never mowed a lawn. Man, I'd like to have your life there for, for that fact alone. I, was gonna say, yeah. I know enough people that have never shoveled, but mowing, thats I don't run across a lot of people that haven't done that. I don't even know how to work a lawnmower. <laughs> so, don't trust me to do the perfect lines. That's not going to happen. Fair enough. So, <laughs> sound effect, Ron, did you get that? <laughs> yeah, it's coming through clear. Good, good. I'm glad I, I'm glad I was there for you. So. Sounds good. <laughs> I got Tenacious D coming up. That's the next uh, next show on my schedule. They're on tour again? Yeah. Yeah, they're coming through in the fall. That's going to be a blast. Yeah, I think I've seen them twice. So this will be my third go around. So they're almost catching Willie Nelson. <laughs> it's interesting. I'll, I'll keep you guys abreast of the, the Willie Nelson chase. You'll have to um, let us know how that is because I love them and I've always wanted to see them. I heard they're absolutely fabulous and they're a blast. So they are, they're amazing. I, I, the first time I saw them in like an opera house in the Twin Cities uh, on a boatload of mushrooms was fantastic. I got the, the Nerf guns out for special effects. It was great. Then I think the next time I saw them, they were opening for Weezer. And I definitely do not recommend seeing them as an opener. They abbreviated the set so much. You lost so much of the, because a lot of it's the interplay with him and Kyle. It's a lot like the, the HBO show they did. They go mm-hmm. through the whole routines. Kyle quits the band. They, it's, it's amazing. I can't wait to see what they've brought to the show now. But just to see two guys filling a fucking yeah. opera house with acoustic guitars was amazing. I bet. Both of their albums or all three of their albums have been fun to listen to for sure. Um, I never did watch the movie, but I didn't really need to. I have a good, I have a vivid imagination. 
No, no. I think the HBO series was way better than the movie. I'm going to get HBO Max and uh, rewatch The Sopranos, rewatch Westworld, uh, Six Feet Under, um, all those great classic HBO shows. Yeah. The Sopranos is definitely one of my top uh, series of all time. I think I've watched it like six times. The whole thing all the way through? Yes. Six times. I love it. (laughs) Yes. So which is better? Tony Soprano choking the guy on Meadows college visit or when they kill Ralphie and his, and his weave comes off. When they kill Ralphie and his weave comes off. (laughs) (laughs) Or when Christopher sits on the dog because he's so high on heroin. Oh God, Chrissy. Oh my gosh. That's hard. Probably still going to go with Ralph because he deserved for his hair piece. He did. He did get his comeuppance, didn't he? (laughs) Definitely. And the new, the movie they did, um, what is it? Saints of Newark, I think. Um, that was pretty good. I thought it was a little disappointing, but I thought it was cool to get the backstory a little bit. So I thought that was really cool. And then um, James Gandolfini's son being in it was super cool too. So. And that Meadow Soprano yes. commercial during the Super Bowl. Yes, yes, I scream. <laughs> I thought they were going to bring it back. I was like, are they bringing it back and doing her story? But I guess they're not, so. It would have been great, but no. So we shall see what happens. Ron, how about you? You got any uh, HBO classics you need to see other than The Wire? No, we just, I I don't even know what streaming service it was on, but we just uh, wrapped up watching Gaslit, uh, Martha Mitchell thing they're doing. It was uh, was pretty solid, though. It made me wonder. I I had to Google and like how much of this, you know, how accurate is this shit? And there there was no articles where they really delved into that. Life gets in the way for me. Like I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and be committed and I'll get distracted by one thing and you go clean the toilet bowl. Next thing you know, there's no, there's no remembering of the wire or whatever I was watching last time. And I start over. Yeah, I spend same, same way. Six days scrolling through all the streaming services. What do I want to watch? What yeah. Do I want to watch? Most of my time is through the screens of what the hell there is. I can probably lose an hour just flipping through that shit. Yes. I have the most success with the things that are leaving soon because I feel that pressure. Like, oh shit! I've got to, I've got to <laughs> squeeze the last goodness out of this before they take it away. I'll hunker down and I, get this, get this squared away. Yeah. Oh, don't! I, I'm not done with that yet. Don't take that shit away. Give me a week. So, Kells, what's another show that's uh, that's not world famous that you turn to every time? An easy example for me is like Shawshank Redemption or oh. or uh, Ed the TV show Ed back in the day or something like that. You got anything like that? that you always have to watch? Probably Wilfred. I don't know if y'all oh, know what that is. Nice. Yes. It's not on anymore. I think it was what, two seasons, maybe two or on, three. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three. It's uh, got um, Elijah Wood in it, right? Yes. I get him yeah. confused. Elijah Wood. And he has a mental illness and what he's, I think he has schizophrenia and what he sees is a dog and this dog is british <laughs> so this dog gets him in a lot of trouble and the dog's name wilfred it's absolutely hilarious <laughs> so through the whole show he can't tell if he's well the it opens with him trying to kill himself yes. and when he comes to the dog is talking so he's trying to figure out is he insane did he actually die uh can the dog actually just talk and and by the end you're not sure yourself i'm like holy shit like which one is it mm-hmm. that's a lot like um the show cupid with jeremy piven back in the day on abc where he was like <laughs> hmm. like he was like um eros 
the the Roman God, right? Wow. So he's down down on earth to make people find people find people's couples and make them happy. But um, he found out who he was supposed to hook up in the coming days headline paper. So it was like a mix of a couple shows that came after that, but it was it was yeah. a solid solid season and a half on ABC. It didn't it didn't really make it. So. Wow, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, IMBD Jeremy Piven, you'll find it, but it's uh, I'm always going to always going to Quantum Leap. I tried to explain that to one of our baseball players oh, wow. over the weekend, and it was just fell on deaf ears. Like it took so much work, <laughs> this kid was not going to get there for me. No, so, he wasn't even going to get you know to your explanation. I've heard the name. I've never watched it. You wow. should you should get the uh, Paramount or the Hulu app and watch watch Quantum Leap for good. I wonder if that is a show that might TV. actually still hold up. It does because it was futuristic and it was, it was all historic anyway. So right, and they kind of stayed out of what the present time was, so things don't feel dated. It doesn't, you know, it's not nineteen eighties dress or whatever. It's yeah, I bet that would hold up. The premise was there were there were uh, air, super top secret Air Force researchers who developed a time machine, and they were testing it. So like they had an admiral who was in charge of the thing, in charge of the whole process, and their head hotshot pilot and these two uh test the first time machine traveler and what happens is it goes awry somehow and puts the the time traveler into the bodies of famous people before famous events happened like martin luther king before he was assassinated marilyn Monroe before she met joe dimaggio Um, okay or or the guy who 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 didn't stop um uh james earl ray coming through the through 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 the gate so it's like ancillary figures Mm-hmm. And they have to make history right so that doesn't go doesn't go wrong and ruin the, you know, make the universe explode. Essentially, is what they kind of sell it as. Okay, but, uh, it's it was yeah mid 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 eighties you know Night Rider sort of Baywatchy sort of era, but it was the best thing on for a while. And and uh, TNT, um, my first full time job, TNT. Uh, oh my goodness, that's a dog. There you go. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> my first full time job was a night shift. And so that TNT had it on every day at the same time at like, you know, 11 o'clock. I got to watch the whole episode, all, all five seasons from, you know, one to one to five, 10 was really pretty fantastic. So if you find yourself being bored and feeling nostalgic and want to see how it was back in the day, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I think that show is actually the venture brothers. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that one. It's a cartoon network adult swim deal. But it's kind of like a Johnny Quest knockoff yes. where he's like the son of a super scientist. But now mm-hmm. he's a totally failure of an adult who pops pills and is still riding his dead dad's coattails, you know, 40 years later. And it's uh, it's it's just fantastic. It's one of those I used to see on Adult Swim and I didn't actually care for it. And then years later, I started rewatching the whole thing and saw so much stuff I missed that I just fell in love with it. Adult Swim actually brought me Robot Chicken, who brought me Les Claypool, who brought me Primus. So I will always oh, nice. Adult Swim, which is part of Cartoon Network. But yeah, I appreciate them for sure. A very solid show. I think they're actually they're done making uh they didn't renew the series but apparently they're working on a movie to wrap everything up so if you want to catch up on like i don't know eight nine seasons of venture brothers uh before the movie comes out is the time to do it there's some great voice talent like patrick warburton is in there it's uh yeah highly recommended 
Well, Kels, we don't want to keep you past your past your uh, allotted hours or whatever else. It's getting late there in the central time zone, but um, it's a pleasure to have you. Anything, we'll give you the floor for one last time to, to plug a, a favorite event or a, or a charity you love. or or A good charity that I want to plug is the Boys and Girls Club of America or any state that you're in. Um, if you ever- it's the state of Idaho is not America. <laughs> if you ever want to give to a good nonprofit that actually uses all their money for something good and not for their CEOs and CFOs and all that stuff, the Boys and Girls Club is a great uh, charity organization to don- donate to at any time. Sure to appreciate you, you coming and spending time with, with Ron and I. It's been a great experience. Thanks for, thanks for letting us get to meet you. you. Y'all too. I enjoyed it. Have a good night. All right. Yeah, we'll see thanks. you later. Bye.